Well, we said we'd update this with the men's tennis result, and it was a win for the Bulls, but man, what a dramatic, very difficult win it was as they prevail 4-3. to three. Same score they beat UCF by over in Lake Nona on Saturday, and another nail-biter. Bulls win the doubles point, but they end up having to come back with Antonio Muniz Hidalgo. Basically, UCF won four of the first six single sets. Bruno Oliveira, who was the last man to clinch it for the Bulls on Saturday with a tight nail-biter, won his match 6-love, 6-2. So he was off the court really quickly, but everything else was close and UCF was winning the majority of them, including a tiebreaker at the number one spot, Ivan Yatsuk, he would fall. Chase Ferguson won his set easily to start things off at the number two spot, but then got pushed to five all in the second set. Meanwhile, two Bulls who lost their first sets, both Sergio Gomez Montesa and Antonio Muniz Hidalgo, were able to force a third set. So basically you had four matches going on and the Bulls were going to have to win two of them because they had the doubles point in tow and Oliveira's victory. Well, Ferguson did a nice job to win his second set 7-5, setting the stage for the drama on court five where Muniz wins it. 1-6, 6-3, 7-5, ending UCF season, and the Bulls will now advance to play the top seed SMU, which shut out Temple 4 to nothing. Since we did not do a show on Thursday as I was getting up early to get on the road with baseball, there are a couple things that happened on Wednesday we definitely have to go back to. First of all, the softball team. And I said, look at the starting lineup, and if Georgina Cork is pitching for the Bulls, their chances of winning would go up against the Florida Gators. Man, did they have a chance to win? This is the type of situation I said where if they won, they'd get into the rankings. They still might get into the rankings if they can pull off a sweep in Tulsa this weekend. We'll get there in a moment. But it was a one nothing Gator victory. And their all-time single-season stolen base leader is the only reason. Skylar Wallace, they only had one hit against Georgina Corrick. One of the top offenses in the country just gets the one run. And it was in the bottom of the sixth inning. Wallace walks with two outs, steals second, which is no shocker because it was her 37th steal, which sets the school record for a season. Problem for the Bulls, the throw by Josie Foreman gets away, so she's going to go to third, and they just say, what the heck, this is our only chance, send her. And she, amazingly fast runner, Skylar Wallace, is able to get in with the winning run. But Corrick was fantastic. The Bulls actually had chances. It's the first time all year they have lost when they out-hit the opponent. They were 33-0. and Corrick actually walked a season high, a whole three, and struck out seven. And by the way, she was dealing with a tight strike zone and still prevailed. Now, of course, the Florida Gators have a pitcher who the Bulls have not been able to solve. Elizabeth Hightower went to 12-3. and three. She did face some threats. The Bulls put two on her when she hit Alana Rivera. And then Vivian Pond, who singled twice in this game, that was in the second inning. They had runners on first and second, but Hallie Bryant fouled out, and then Des Maldonado grounded out. Florida really didn't have that many threats in this game, and again, their winning run came on a steal of second, where the runner came all the way around, and then the Bulls got it going in the top of the seventh. Rivera draws an outstanding walk. Next pitch, Pond singles. So here comes Georgina Corrick to pinch hit. She dramatically strikes out, but a wild pitch, so the Bulls had runners on second and third, and Desiree Maldonado facing a 2-0 count. She uncorks one it's going foul to left field and Kendra Falby the freshman from Sun Lake makes an incredible running diving catch 
to end the game in front of nearly 1,700 fans. So that experience, no doubt, will behoove the Bulls. Now let's see which way the wind is blowing today as they'll start off a three-game series in Tulsa. Golden Hurricane on the season, just 14-25-1. Now they have played against some pretty good opponents in there. They've not shied away from the Oklahoma teams, namely the Sooners and Oklahoma State, who they just lost to at their place in a sellout, 12-1. to But before that, they took a series against Memphis, including one nothing. Samantha Pochop was the pitcher in that one. She is 7th on their all-time strikeout numbers list, so I'm sure she'll get the start on Friday against Georgina Cork. Hitting, they've got a couple of upperclassmen who have heated up of late. Abby Jones hitting 330 for the season. Kylie Norwood, their first baseman, hitting 305. But overall, as a team, just batting 253. Only 14 homers they've given up, 45 to the opposition. So today, 6 o'clock, Saturday at 3, and then Sunday, an early game at 10 o'clock so they can get back home. In fact, baseball and softball were in the same flight out of Tampa to Atlanta, and then, of course, going our separate ways. Actually, the baseball team had to rush along to get to the connecting flight, and we did make it, obviously, to Cincinnati. But as we were leaving, I turned around. Of course, everyone was saying bye to the softball players and wishing them well. The starting outfield, this has got to be not a coincidence, was all sitting in the same row. Alexis Johns, Jordan Cadlub, and Megan Sheehan. I'm sure Ken Erickson does that on purpose. If not, it was quite the coincidence. So they'll be in Tulsa, and remember, we end the hour with Around the American, so we'll do a good five minutes or so of what's been going on around the league and preview the weekend stuff for you. A lot of basketball coaching news as well, and some transferring of note on the men's side. But while the softball team is playing Tulsa, the baseball team will be playing Cincinnati, which leads the conference in home runs. They've got a pretty stout lineup, which led the way to them sweeping at Wichita last weekend. They're still below 500 as a team at 16 and 19, but they are well ahead of the Bulls in the conference standings thanks to that sweep of Wichita. They're now 6-3, and three, the Bearcats, while the Bulls come in 2-7. and seven. Griffin Merritt has 14 home runs. They lead the conference in homers, as I say. Nine for Ryan Nicholson. Obviously, when we hit the air, we'll talk more about the Bearcats. Their pitcher tonight, Bo Keithley, has been pretty good. In fact, he was the top pitcher at Oakland, a Division One school in Michigan, for three years before coming to the Bearcats last year. And he did well in his performance against the Bulls, and he has essentially gone three quality starts in conference play. Interesting that Billy Mole is going with Brad Lord starting the first game, then Ethan Brown in the second game. You would presume it'll be Orion Kirkring in the third game. And this is something that Coach Mull has done. You know, when certain pitchers don't get the run support, I know he did this with Jack Jasiak last year, uh, maybe put someone else in that first spot, try to shake up the offense a little bit if you can, and then have some run support down the road for your ace pitcher. And this is something that I don't see being the set starting rotation for the Bulls the rest of the way. Again, we'll be on the air at 445. Welcome in a new member to the women's basketball team, Caitlin McGee. Remember her, actually, from the Bulls game against Ole Miss in West Palm. Caitlin McGee is a type of forward that gets your rebounds and plays good defense, and that's exactly what Jose Fernandez says about her, liking her versatility as a stretch, meaning a stretch forward, and her strength defensively and on the board. She played in two seasons with Ole Miss. She is out of Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville was named to the All-Decade team by the Florida Times Union as far as one of the best players in the Jacksonville area. She averaged 18 points and 12 rebounds in her three years in high school, shot 44% from the floor during her freshman season, and last year shot 51%. Not a big-time scorer per se, but can definitely get you some boards 
and that's the type of player you need. Think Christina Bermejo, but with a little bit more offensive talent for the Bulls. Bermejo, one of the players who transferred away. And speaking of that, Sidney Harvey made it official, and boy, it was nice to see Jose Fernandez wishing Sidney Harvey the best. We knew that she was in the transfer portal, but she made it official on social media and had some really nice words to say about the Bulls. If you go to her Twitter account, it's at Sydney Harvey 3 So we don't know where she's going to end up, but we'll let you know when we do. And we hope that the men's golf team ends up in the same spot that it ended up last year, namely atop the leaderboard. They are hosting the American Athletic Conference Golf Championship at the Southern Hills Plantation Club in Brooksville, starting today, ending on Sunday. Again, the winner of the tournament gets an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. I don't think the Bulls need to win. They are ranked number 42 in the country, just getting the number one seed over SMU, which is ranked 43rd. But then it drops to Houston at 61st. So I would say that if you're not USF and you're not SMU, you're trying to win this thing, could make for a pretty competitive weekend. We'll be keeping an eye on that. From here in Cincinnati, where, yeah, I definitely saw a great turnout at the first coach's caravan last night. Jeff Scott getting people fired up. In fact, Denise Shilty Brown basically doing a hype message after learning that women's tennis had won. We'll be following women's tennis and the men today in Tulsa, telling you what's going on with softball and, of course, being on the air with baseball. Follow me on Twitter. I'm sure we'll be busy on the Twitter this weekend at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. Thanks for listening. Horns up.